Hello and welcome to Bible study. Today we'll mark the 19th lesson in this series, Genesis to Revelation, a Bible study with the intent of giving you a summary of the Bible. Starting in Genesis, we will end in the book of Revelation. We spent the first 12 weeks going through the Old Testament, and uh, that is quite a summarization. So we entered the New Testament. This is the week seven in the New Testament, and we are still talking about Jesus. And rightfully so, because if you're going to understand anything about the Bible, you must understand Jesus is the cornerstone. The prophets and the apostles, the prophets brought us to Jesus, and Jesus brought us to the apostles. And it is the timeline of the prophets and the apostles. Jesus is the center point where everything has flowed from his ministry, from his birth, his death, his resurrection, his ascension, and the outpouring of the Spirit of God in Acts chapter 2 is where the church proceeded and has proceeded till today. The book of Acts, there is no conclusion. There is no end. We are still living in the, the book of Acts in that the New Testament church and all of its privileges, promises, purpose that was given by Jesus in his great commission recorded in Matthew, Mark, and Luke we still have the same purpose, we still have access to the same empowerment, and we are still held by the commandments, the new commandments uh, that Jesus gave us. And so uh, here we are, week seven. What are we going to talk about Jesus today? So Jesus, what are we going to say about Jesus today? So I, I want to talk about the gospel the gospel of Jesus Christ. Uh, the word gospel in the New Testament, that word is mentioned 98 times. 98 separate and distinct times the word gospel is found in your New Testament. And you could ask, well, what is the gospel? And uh, it would be rightly defined as the good news. What is the good news. And the good news is the fact that Jesus came. Jesus came preaching the gospel. When John the Baptist sent him word asking if he was the one or whether they should seek another, uh, Jesus in his uh, response said, uh, the gospel is preached to the poor. And so what Jesus was essentially saying is the gospel's available to everyone, uh, not just the wealthy and the influential and the educated and the pedigreed and legitimate and uh, all that. The gospel is not just preached to them, but it's preached all the way down the, the social circles into the very lowest of value from the culture. The gospel is preached to the poor. 
that was one of Jesus's emphatic answers to say, I am the one. So the good news, what is the good news? Some, and I think rightfully so, have described the gospel to be the birth, the, the life, the death, the resurrection, the ascension of Jesus Christ. And I agree. The gospel is wrapped up in the incarnation of Jesus Christ. All of the things that we find about Jesus, from the apostles prophesying his coming, uh, the messianic texts that say there is a Messiah, there is a Savior, there is a Son, (laughs) there is a child, there is a Lamb, all of the foreshadowing given to us by God in the Old Testament, those are no doubt foretelling the good news. They were good news. Jesus is coming. They didn't know his name, but they knew the name. Uh, What does Isaiah 9 and 6 say? For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. They didn't know his name, but they knew what his name would be in that it's going to be the name <laughs> of the Messiah, of the, 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 the miracle that mankind needs. And Jesus came. He, his announcement was by uh, angels, and they said, uh, Thou shalt call his name Emmanuel, uh, which being interpreted is God with us. And that's who Jesus is, God with us. That's the good news. The, 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 the birth, the life, the death, the resurrection, the ascension. And I think it must be included the, the empowerment that you see in Acts 2. That's the good news. Jesus is the good news. But, but what are the implications? What are the applications? What are the, the, the real-life effect of the gospel? I believe it is what the gospel, the good news, the, the, the reality of Jesus and what that means to you and me. Not just a mental ascent, not just an intellectual acceptance, not just recognition of an historical individual that lived in the world, this historical individual that changed history, that, that your calendar, today's date, 2023 A.D., Jesus' birth split the calendar. Everything is before Christ or after the death of Christ. And, and, and I mean, no person has ever affected mankind like Jesus has. Even though he was hated, the Bible says he came unto his own and his own received him not. He was murdered by the power, the government of that time, uh, the Roman Empire. He, 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 but he was, he was believed on. And as many as received him, God gave them power to become the sons of God. Jesus, that the faith in Jesus changes your world. And it's not, it's more than a mental sense. It's more than the knowledge of a historical figure, but it is the the receiving. <laughs> the receiving, the the believing, the accepting, the the worship, the the way that Jesus changes our life, when we allow his spirit, 
we allow his word, when we allow his message, when we allow his commandment to radically change our values and cause us to believe and make space for grace to change the way we live. You know, I've heard people say, well, everybody's going to sin every day. Yes, without grace. Grace is the empowerment. Grace is more than forgiveness. Grace is the empowerment to live a life above sin. That does not mean that we live perfect lives, but it means we live lives that are are in pursuit of pleasing God. Oh, I'm I fall, but I rise. That is that is the nature of righteousness, a person that desires to please God. It isn't we refuse to allow our life to be defined by our failure, but our life is defined by our faith that never stays down. I fall down, but I get back up. <laughs> Scripture says a righteous man will fall six times, yea, seven, but will arise. That prophetic scripture that says, Oh, rejoice not against me, O my enemy, for when I fall, I shall arise. That that is the power of the good news of Jesus Christ, is that he has given us access to a faith that never stops. He's given us access to a faith that never backs down. He's given us access to a faith that, that is willing to stand forth and gives us the power to speak boldly, to proclaim, to stand in the face of opposition. That is the spirit of faith. The spirit of faith is not, cannot be intimidated because it is the spirit of the divine that has uh, integrated itself with our own uh, us personal identity and it's no longer us, <laughs> but it's Christ living in us. And there's a lot of believers, they, 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 ha- they believe in historical Jesus. They, they have some spiritual experience in their previous uh, uh, moments in life, but faith is not the animating and the, 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 the animating, the, 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 the spirit that moves them forward into today. <laughs> faith, faith, faith is more than a mental ascent. It's more than a, 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 an acknowledgement of a historical individual. Faith is the substance. Faith is that that sense of persuasion that we believe what we cannot see, what we grasp but we cannot touch. We we are motivated by the spirit of faith, and that's the power of the good news, the gospel, his his birth, his life, his death, his resurrection, his ascension, and his empowerment. The good news is we are no longer bound by the gravity of sin, but we have access to the power of resurrection. It is the resurrection of Jesus that separates him from your normal man. There are many things about Jesus that separate him from the normal man. One of them is his father is God. I have a father. Today's Father's Day. You'll see this on Monday. But today's Father's Day. It's Dad's Day. I, I tip my hat. I give honor and respect for my earthly father because my father did not tell me what to value. He showed me what to value. 
My Father loves Jesus. My Father loves the Word of God. My Father loves my mother. My Father loves me. And that is more powerful than any bumper sticker or t-shirt or any words coming out of his mouth. He was a man who did not tell me what I should do. He showed me what was important. And by the help and grace of God, I hope my children, my sons, my grandchildren one day will be able to say, he showed me what to love by what he loved, not by what he said. Amen. My father didn't teach me how to love sports. My father did not teach me how to love drugs. My father did not teach me how to love pornography. My father taught me how to love God, to love the church, to love what is right. My father was not perfect, but he exemplifies a flawed man who was striving to do better. And I appreciate that. I celebrate his faith and the example he gave me. And I believe that he was able to do that by the gospel, the gospel of Jesus Christ, the spirit of faith that animates the believer to not settle with the weakness, but to hope in the empowerment. <laughs> Jesus. You know, I was thinking about this. This is my seventh week talking about Jesus. And I'm, I'm wondering, how can I ever stop talking about Jesus? Will I ever get to the book of Acts. Anybody that knows me knows I love the book of Acts, but when I get to thinking about how to quit talking about Jesus, I, I'm, I'm at a loss. I don't know how to quit talking about Jesus because Jesus is... <laughs> Jesus, I, I, you know, how, how can you believe in someone you've never seen? How can you believe in someone that you have never touched and uh, how can you believe in, in 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 Jesus the way I believe in Jesus I'm sure the way you believe in Jesus because I have seen him I have felt him I have heard him in the realm that is more real than the seen the felt and the heard in the realm of the spirit I have within me a spirit and the Spirit of God has made himself known to me from the earliest of age because my father loved God. My father loved the church and loved the word. He took me to church. And I have memories as but a child hearing, feeling the atmosphere of God. I remember crying tears as a child, not understanding intellectually very much. But I understood Jesus loved me, and I understood I loved Jesus. I, I, I have the testimony. I have the memory. I will never forget when I was filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of Christ came down inside of my young body. I was just six years old. And I can attribute the fact I had that opportunity because I had a mom and daddy that loved Jesus. And I was a passenger in their pursuit of Jesus. And I was received a blessing because I wasn't in a bar and I wasn't at a football game. But I was at church. I wasn't efficient, but I was at church. And I, hey, nothing wrong with all that. But thank God, while my daddy took me fishing and, and while my dad tossed the ball, my dad understood our priority, my priority. He said of himself, my priority is to be in the house of God. 
and I went to church with my father. And at the age of six years old, I received the baptism of the Spirit. It, it hurts my heart to think of all the children on the Sunday morning whose fathers don't love Jesus. They don't love him enough to get up and go to church. You know, here's the deal. Some people say, well, you should take your church for your kids' sake. You know what? If you don't do it for yourself, you're not going to do it for your kids. There's women drink even when they're pregnant. There's women that, that, that take drugs when they're pregnant. Why? The same way men do all kinds of things when they have children. They don't care about their kids. They care about themselves. And however you value yourself are the values that you overlay on your children. And you say, well, I know this is good. I know you should do this. I believe in this. But if you don't put yourself in that, you don't believe it. You're an unbeliever. Don't tell me what you believe. Show me what you believe. And the power of the gospel is that it can help us change what we value. That's what happened to my father. My father did drugs, drunk alcohol. He participated in things. I'm sure he hadn't told me about a few things he has told me about. But he loved Jesus enough to leave all that behind. Here's the deal. You're going to have all kinds of excuses to do things you don't want to do. <laughs> That's what excuses are. I don't want to do this. But we make exceptions for things that we want to do because we value them. <laughs> there are people that will sit out in the snow in the rain to watch a football game. Why? Because they value it. Oh, but they couldn't be bothered to go to church when it snows and rains. Why? Because they don't value it. And that lack of value demonstrates people love balls more than they love Jesus. But the gospel, the good news, our faith in the good news should change our value system. It changes the things that we value. We love God. We love God. We love God. And so therefore it changes the way and the things we love. Um, the scripture says that God gives the desires of the heart to those that love him. And some people, I there's a young man uh, shared with me his aha moment. He said, I always thought that meant that if I love a Lamborghini, God would give me a Lamborghini. But now I know that when I love God, when I fear God, God gives me to love the things he loves. He gives me the desires of my heart. He tells me what I should love. I read an article the other day that they're one of the greatest uh, hobbies in that is growing and multiplying today is bird watching. And there were pictures and videos of great numbers of people with binoculars and cameras. I was reading about how there was a, a, a suspected sighting of an ivory-billed woodpecker, and they haven't seen one like since the 30s. And someone saw this blurry image of what was believed an ivory-billed woodpecker. And the government, uh, I think for years, from that suspected sighting, hired hundreds of people. And all they did is they went through the forest looking.
for the woodpecker. They set up uh, 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 recording devices listening for the sound of the woodpecker. <laughs> what would happen if people had that kind of fascination about looking for God, looking for... We can teach ourselves to love anything. You can literally addict yourself to anything. And that fascination, that addiction moves us to put ourselves in a position. Maybe I'll hear the sound of the voice of God. How many, how many times do people go looking for the ivory bill woodpecker and all they do is have the, 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 the enjoyment of looking for the woodpecker? What, what would happen if people had that much love for Jesus that they went to church looking, hey, is Jesus going to talk to me today? Am I going to see a miracle today? Is the Lord going to use me to help someone today? I'm, I'm, in the, I'm, I'm looking for that which uh, uh, someone else thinks they saw. <laughs> and, and, and it's amazing. Serving God so much better in the, than the search for the ivory-billed woodpecker because every time you go to church, Looking for good in God, you will find it. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. How long have I been talking today? 21 minutes. Jesus, what is the gospel? The death, the burial, the resurrection, the ascension, and the empowerment of Jesus Christ. So what does it mean? It's the application of that faith. Uh, uh, we understand that the foundation of faith, Hebrews 6 says, therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ. There are principles that are the doctrine of Christ. What does it, what is it, how does it define these principal doctrines of Christ? The foundations. It's the foundation of repentance from dead works. Death. Repentance from dead works. That's death. And faith toward God of the doctrine of baptism and on the laying on of hands and the resurrection of the dead and of eternal judgment. That's the foundation. The thing that, that, that I believe it is the gospel. It's not just believing the gospel, but it's experiencing, it's embracing, it's living out the gospel, being dead to our personal sin. Dead in dead, we, we, we are dead to those things through repentance. Lord, forgive me for my failure. Forgive me for uh, my weakness. Forgive me for my lust. Forgive me. To, to, to live in repentance is to die to our old self. As Jesus died to his flesh, we daily must die to our flesh, our carnal ways. Uh, we, we are buried with him in baptism. So it's not just enough to believe that Jesus was buried, but you need to be buried, immersed completely. As Jesus was buried in the tomb, you need to be immersed in water. That's how I identify with the gospel. A lot of people, they just want a dab. They just want a little sprinkling of the gospel because they don't want it to change them. But the Bible says we're buried with Christ in baptism, wherein we are risen with him in newness of life. The resurrection power that comes to the believer's life when it's not just I have a mental ascent, I have an acknowledgement of an historical fact in a Jesus, but I embrace it. <laughs> I want to live the way Jesus wants me to live. I want to I do the things that Jesus wants me to do. 
I want to say the things that Jesus wants me to say. I want to be a light to those around me that Jesus is inside of me. I want to be the salt of the earth because Jesus loves me. I love Jesus. You know, to say that Jesus loves you is no great acclamation. Ever, Jesus loves everybody. He so loved the world that he was willing to die for it. Yes, Jesus loves everybody. The question isn't if Jesus loves you, but do you love Jesus? And Jesus said, how can you say you love me if you don't keep my commandments? It's not based on what you think, feel, or hope. It's what you do, in fact, do in response to your love. I love my wife, therefore I am faithful to my wife. I love Jesus, so therefore I desire to reflect the values, the truth, the love, the commandments Jesus has given us. What are the commandments? Go back and listen to a few previous episodes. Uh, read the Sermon on the Mount. Live that way is the way you show Jesus. I do, in fact, love you. I do, in fact, believe in you. I do, in fact, call you and claim you as my Lord and Savior. The gospel the gospel of God. Amen. The, I, to believe the gospel is wonderful. Mental ascent is the first step. However, embracing and experience the gospel, that is where the power of the gospel is realized. Romans 6 and 4, Therefore we are buried with him by baptism unto death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. Colossians 2 and 12, buried with him in baptism, wherein also you're risen with him through the faith of the operation of God, who hath raised him from the dead. Um, yes. There we go. My light went out. It does that. Amen. Amen. So, uh, believe in the gospel. I submit to you today, if you believe the gospel, I think you should take the next step to do as the apostles preach, experience the gospel, to repent from dead works, to be baptized, to be buried with him in baptism, and to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit into newness of life. And it's it's said, preached by Peter, and it's demonstrated throughout the book of Acts. Then Peter said to them, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Repentance, baptism, in Jesus' name, and the infilling of the Holy Ghost. I'm going to close out here. Let's see where we're at. 27 minutes. The other day, uh, we were reading Acts 10. I encourage you to read it. And uh, a very sincere man, love him, he's a great man. He said, I have a question. This is like the end of Bible study. We've been in there for an hour, so it's time to go. And he says, uh, why is it, Matthew 28, 19, Jesus commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. But every time we read in the book of Acts, they baptize in the name of Jesus. What? Why is that? And I told him it was a short period of time. But I said to him, well, because I think the apostles understood what Jesus said. Jesus was not telling them to baptize in the titles. He was telling them to baptize in the name. And name is not, uh, uh, name is singular. 
baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Ghost. Father is not a name. Son is not a name. Holy Ghost is not a name. So when Peter and Philip and Paul uh, go down the list, when they baptize people, every time they baptize, not one time did they baptize in the titles, they baptize in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Because the name of the Lord Jesus Christ is in fact the revelation of the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. There's no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. What's the name? The only name under heaven. Whatsoever you do in word or deed, do it all in the name of Jesus. What is the name? What is the name? For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. The government shall be upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. What is the name? And thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. That's why Peter preached in Acts 2, verse 38, when asked what they should do, he said, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sins. I know a lot of people have been taught not to believe what the Bible says, but I believe what the Bible says. And when I baptize, I baptize exactly like the apostles baptized. They understood what Jesus meant. They were the ones, in fact, that were there and heard him say it. Uh, I would say to you, it was the influence of the apostles that we read all of the gospel words. Jesus didn't write anything down. The gospels are a, a recounting of what Jesus said. And so if you read in Acts what they preached, we know they were fulfilling what Jesus taught. And so they understood Father is not a name. Son is not a name. Holy Ghost is not a name. Jesus is the name. <laughs> uh, Paul, in his, his conversion experience, he was told, uh, Arise and be baptized, calling on the name of the Lord, and your sins will be washed away. So that's a short answer. Neat experience. Have you been immersed? Have you been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ? We know that's how the apostles did it, and we know that there's a promise. That is how our sins are forgiven. Not because we say our, we are sorry. They are forgiven because we have been buried with Christ in baptism. <laughs> Amen. The gospel. So this is week seven. Next week, I plan on wrapping up talking about Jesus, and I am going to talk about um, the sad and glorious truth of the suffering of Jesus Christ for our sins. And uh, maybe after next week, we will move on to the book of Acts and the epistles, and finally, the book of Revelation. Amen. Well, have a great week. I pray you'd share this uh, with someone. And uh, if it was a blessing to you, tag in. Tell us where you watch this from. Send it to someone you know that's looking for answers. and uh, Or you just know a lot of people in your timeline, in your social media that likes to talk about Jesus. I love to talk about Jesus. Amen. Well, have a great week. God bless you.